Welcome to this preseason media edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. I'm Carl James. On Friday, January 27th, 2023, members of the media met with members of the Indiana University baseball program. This included sophomore third baseman Josh Pine, graduate student shortstop Philip Glasser, and head coach Jeff Mercer. Josh, after a pretty productive uh, freshman year, what have you been working most on during the offseason? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, summer comes around, you gotta you gotta watch video, find out your weaknesses. You know, you kind of have an idea. Um, just kind of turn those weaknesses into strength for the next season. Try to improve for the team. Um, just become a better player overall. What were some of those weaknesses? Um, certain pitches. Not gonna exactly say which ones they are, but certain pitches that I struggled with at the plate. You know, every hitter has hot zones, and so trying to. Uh, get out of my comfort zone and uh, be uncomfortable in training. You know, it transfers over to the game. Josh, you're part of a pretty talented freshman class from last year to now going into their second year. What are, what are some expectations for you guys so far? Yeah, yeah. You know, expectation-wise for us is just help the team win a Big Ten championship, right? We're all on the same. We all have the same goal. Uh, we're all on the same mission. That's what I love about this year's team. You know, uh, we all have the same same vision. So just uh, try to get the team to win a Big Ten championship. That's cool. You guys returned a lot of the same bats to the lineup this year. You guys swung it pretty well last year. Is there expected jump in that in that category this year? Yeah. No. I mean, I think that we're a pretty consistent offense, and we got a, a lot of a lot of experience. We got a lot of a lot of older guys like Philip Glasser, um, great role model, great leader for the team. Um, there's there's a lot of them. So um, we got a lot of playing experience last year, especially with my class and the guys that had already played college baseball. So um, looking to be pretty consistent at the plate this year. Continue to put up runs and uh, help the pitching staff win some games. As the season's approaching pretty quickly now, what's kind of the focus over the next couple of weeks um, just to prepare for the season? Yeah, it's getting down to kind of the fundamental things, working on uh, first and third plays, point defenses, trying to incorporate those those little things that, that mean a lot whenever the season comes around to help win games. Uh, One-run games are a big thing, so just try to be uh, sound in the field and then swing well, of course. Practice is just starting to get going with the season around the corner. Um, last year, you guys came in with a lot of new faces on the field, but you're going to be in an infield with a lot of returning guys. Just what's sort of been like your fun getting back into it with them? Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. You know, we're able to uh, we're able to work on different things that we couldn't work on last year. Last year was more so how do I play with this guy? You know, never played with him. Trying to feel out on the field with him. Now we're able to work on different things. You know, communicating in the infield, certain balls that you know other people can go get. Um, so it's been a lot of fun couple warm weather trips early in the season. How eager are you guys to just be able to get out somewhere where it's not, you know, freezing cold to play baseball? Sorry about that. Just just how, how eager are you guys to, to get out down to some warm weather and start playing against some other teams? Yeah, you know, it's super, super exciting going down going down south for the first couple weekends. You know, it's elite competition. Um, it's going to be nice weather, so it's super, super exciting to jump the gun, play some really, really good teams, see where we stack up, see where we need to improve, what we do really well. So it's going to be a really good learning point for us. After spending a few months hitting against this uh, new crop of pitchers, what are your what are your thoughts of the of that group? You know, I think we have a really really sound pitching staff this year. Dustin Dustin Glenn has done an outstanding job with the with the pitching staff this year. We got a lot of new arms on the mound, and uh, they've they've been tough to hit against. And so I feel like that makes us a better team. You know, um, pitching staff that's tough to hit against makes us better hitters, right? We we got a good uh, group of hitters, so it makes them have to perform better on the mound. So just we're pushing each other every day. And it's making us a better team as a whole. You had, you had one of the best freshman seasons I mean, you can ever have. What can you do to get even better, you know, and improve despite how good you were last year? Yeah, you know, every player has weaknesses. Um, and, and towards the end of the year, other teams started picking up on mine. So try to limit those down. Um, try to turn those weaknesses into strengths, right? And do whatever I can to help the team win game by game. You 
mentioned the pitching staff earlier. What were some of those arms so far that have kind of stuck out in the winter ball? Uh, yeah, a couple of the transfer guys that have really stuck out to me are Luke Sennard and, and Seti. Those are the two guys that I, I really feel like they, they kind of took charge when they got here. They're, they're vocal um, and, and they have a presence on the mound, which is a really big deal for this team. Has Coach Mercer given you, I guess, any more additional like responsibilities in terms of being a leader now that it's your sophomore season after having a big freshman year? Yeah, that's one thing Coach Mercer does for the team is he kind of leaves the, the locker room and the dugout to us and we got to figure it out, you know, and, and I love that because it makes us mature as a team. We got we to gotta bond. Um, it's a brotherhood, right? So um, he kind of stays out of that stuff and, uh, you know, he, don't really, he doesn't really appoint leaders, appoint certain players to lead, you know. We, we figure that out on our own and, and we all communicate with each other. Last year, you mentioned there was somewhat of a learning curve after having new talent to play around with. This year, coming into year two, how do you feel with team chemistry helping you play? No, I feel like it's it's been a really big part of the fall coming into the winter. Is this team? This team is really really tight, right? It's my brothers. Um, I would die for anyone on this team, and I, I want to go out there and win every single game, do everything that I can to to win a Big Ten championship with this team, right? I think the, this is a group of guys that that can do that, and uh, I think we can do something special this year. Take two more. Have you kind of seen the freshmen come in and adapt to the programs? Outstanding freshman class. They come in eager to learn. They're really, really good kids. Um, they listen to the older guys that have a lot of experience, um, and, and they're a great group of ball players. You missed part of last season with an injury, if I remember correctly. Are you? How do you plan to stay fully healthy this year and try to stay on the field, even though you can't always control that? How do you plan to stay, just stay healthy? Right, you have injuries. Obviously, you can control and some you can't. And fortunately, you know, a ball hit my finger and it broke my throwing hand. So, uh, you know, fortunately, that was just a freak accident. So things like that, you can't really control throughout a year. But um, just making sure you eat, you know, your nutrition's right, your sleep's right, you know, do everything you can for your body, you know, in order to have, you know, a very healthy year. Who would you say is the player that you've been sort of uh, working the most with in the middle of the field? Uh, Evan Goforth, um, he's obviously played when I was hurt, and uh, he's doing he's doing a great job. You know, we have we built a lot of chemistry together over the fall and winter, and you know that's a big part of being a really good middle infielder is knowing your other counterpart. Um, you know, because double plays are you know game changers. We saw you kind of move around in the lineup last year. Do you have a a, spent, a set spot that you're going to reside in this year, or is it still going to change a bit? Yeah, I'm I'm not really sure what uh, obviously Coach Mercer fills out the lineup card, so uh, we'll see there. You're fifth year senior now. What what's kind of the and second team second year on IU? What do you kind of see as your role as a leader on the team? Uh, just obviously play a lot of baseball games. Um, just kind of teaching guys, you know, what I learned. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't have to go through the hard stuff as a younger guy if you listen to an older guy that went through it. Um, so just learning, just uh, taking experience and everything, and just applying that to the younger guys. What have been the two, three couple areas that you think you've been trying to improve on your game the most this offseason? Um, just, you know, obviously my speed and, then, you know, my range in the infield. And then on top of that, just hitting for more power. Josh just mentioned how much he thinks it's harder to hit the pitchers in practice, that right. they've much improved from last year, which is obviously the struggle of the team. Have you noticed the same thing trying to hit in practice? Yeah, super. The one thing I really like about our uh, pitching staff is all those guys are just super competitive. Um, they're not scared to attack, and you know they really challenge us as an offense. You know, every week when we face them. With you being a senior, but also being a transfer as well, have you sort of found yourself helping the other transfers that have come in and sort of adjusting? Yeah, obviously when you transfer, it's totally different because you go to a whole new campus. You know, you don't really know anyone, and then obviously it can be a lot 
So just hoping those guys just get acclimated the best they can. Um, obviously, it's tough, but I think with the transfers we had last year and then the new transfers that came in this year, you know, we blended really well. Just holistically, how much more comfortable are you in your second year in Bloomington here? Yeah, super, super more comfortable. Obviously, you know, the coaching staff a lot better, and then obviously the guys, we return a lot of position players, and, you know, you don't really know them at first, but after you go through a whole year with them, you kind of know who they are as a person, and that's the one thing Josh was talking about, how it's super exciting knowing that you know we went through together we know the type of players you know we are and so it's just made this year a lot better coach mercer has mentioned um an importance of working with the pitchers particularly on uh holding runners on second can you kind of talk about what your role has been in that yeah obviously you know as a middle infielder you have to be you know you have to work really hard in order to make sure that runner doesn't go to third um obviously with our looks and everything um it's kind of our responsibility to help the pitcher and keep the runner closer to second what facet of this team are you most excited to see coming to start of the season? Facet? I'm I'm just I'm not sure a specific facet. I'm just really excited to see how, how we're just gonna go down and compete, you know, on both sides of the ball, you know, defensively and offensively and obviously the pitching side. I think that's the one thing that, you know, we had last year, we never really gave up throughout no matter what the score was and you know, we carry that same energy this year with the experience, you know, it's gonna be um, something, you know, really to look forward to. It's just what's, what's been the biggest area of focus in, the, in these next couple of weeks as the season starts to roll around? Right, so the fall and winter, you kind of work on things to make you a better ball player. And now we kind of move into more of the competitive side. So practice-wise, just getting those environments, getting as many live reps as we can, and then obviously working on first and third plays. And, you know, those little things that can, you know, cost you a four to three ball game or a close ball game. Um, we've talked a lot about communication and chemistry today. What parts of the game do you guys see that part of your team elevating for this season? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously offensively and defensively, just being able to talk to you guys, each other more often, obviously build a relationship throughout last year with each other and obviously the second year is a lot better. So being able to communicate with guys, know how they talk, know how they, you know, handle their ups and downs throughout the season, super important. We've got time for two more. You guys had that big, that deep Big Ten tournament run last year. How can you guys kind of carry that momentum over into, into the play this year? Yeah, that was obviously super exciting last year, you know, knowing that we can go, you know, make a run like that with the team we had last year and just instilling that confidence in those guys that we were good enough last year, we're a lot better team this year, that we can go compete with anyone. And uh, just on that end, I agree. You guys opened last season at an ACC opponent and then playing in the Round Rock Classic. You guys have, again, high-level competition on the road this year. What do you feel you guys learned from last season to start the year against the high-level opponents taken to this year? Yeah, obviously you learn how to, you know, first game, you know, it's really no, you know, feeling into anything. It's kind of get, you go right into it against a great opponent. Um, I think the biggest thing we learned last year was, you know, how to deal with crowd noise. Um, obviously playing on the road is tough and just, Obviously learning like the first two series are very important, but it's also an opportunity to see where you really are. And obviously you want to play your best baseball towards the end of the year. So going out, playing good competition like that tells you exactly where your team is and what you need to improve on throughout the next 50 plus games. Both Josh and mentioned some of the transfer pitchers. Have you guys set the rotation yet for this year? We have not. I would say uh, the time off while returning uh, as a guy that's thrown a lot of innings for us is really good. So. I would imagine Ty is, is kind of towards the front of that rotation, whether it's on Friday or Saturday. Um, Luke Severg has been really good. Uh, Gabe Levy and Seti Manasse has been really good. Ben Seiler. You know, so those guys have, have kind of taken a step forward. But there's, you know, the exciting thing 
for us when you have kind of a couple of years of those classes back to back years, there, there's some young guys in there too that have really kind of taken a step forward. Ryan Kraft has really taken a big step forward. Luke Hayden has taken a big step forward. So you, know, you look at kind of Ty Lothwell, um, it's either a Friday or Saturday uh, component, and then you, you kind of figure out the rest here these last several weeks. And and a little bit out of necessity at times last year, we would kind of TBD on Sunday. And what is it? Uh, you, you kind of get in those situations, not because you want to, but you get through it and you realize, hey, I kind of like that. You kind of like having everybody available um, you know, to, to win on, on, a, on a Friday or Saturday, and you make a decision on Sunday or Tuesday. And, um, and so I, yeah, I think we may follow a similar formula to that. If someone really submits himself as a, as a Sunday guy, then you take it. But uh, I think the next couple of weeks, we kind of figure out where we're at. But, but Ty certainly earned the right to be in that conversation up front. Both Josh and, and Philip mentioned that the pitching, sticking with that has been harder to hit in practice. Yeah. Obviously, the pitching was your weak spot last year. Do you think yeah. the freshmen and transfers are going to make the pitching staff much improved this year? And have you noticed the same thing? Yeah, I, I think uh, anytime that you have that kind of that second year in the system, right, I think with the, as those pitchers transition, they grow up a little bit, they're a little bit older, they're a little more developed. Um, but also you've got the ability for those guys to face a really good offense every day. I think that's a that's an undervalued and understated part of it is you look at our offense last year, we ended up being good through the course of the season, but they, they weren't a finished product in the fall and the winter, and maybe you don't get as good of a look on your pitchers as, as you would if you had that offense already that was already rolling. So our offense right now has played really well. It's played well through the fall and through the winter, and so they've given us a better look and a better feel for what we have on the mound. And so then when you're designing your pitch packages and when you're shaping pitches and when you're moving pitches, and you have a better idea because you have a really good product to face every day. And so I think that's why I don't just say haphazardly that I think we're better on the mound. I think we're better on the mound because you're in the second year of Coach Glenn's tenure, and that helps tremendously to be having a year on your belt with those guys. I think when you have an offense to go and play against every day that's good, I think that gives you a lot more feedback. And then you can make correct adjustments in kind of in transition and flight that helps a ton. And then you've got now, you've got two or three classes there in a row that are really talented. And so as you begin to build the base and build the organization that way, uh, talent still reigns supreme. You still have to have talented players. You still have to be able to recruit at a high level, and we have. And so having those guys in there gives you the depth and variety um, that we just we just didn't have last year. We just didn't have the depth that we do right now where you could legitimately look at it and say you have 13, 14, 15 arms that you could go out there on the weekend and feel comfortable that can go out there and compete. So I think when you put those things together, I think it does give you a, you know, a much more optimistic view of, of how we should be on the mound. Sticking with that theme of the offense, you guys return a lot of the production and consistency from last year. Is there a way that you guys can take that to the next level this year? Well, I, I think you, you want to continue to do the things that we did really well, which is we, we essentially got people into the strike zone. When we got them into the strike zone, we didn't swing and miss, right? You hit the ball hard in the strike zone. We were able to take our walks. Our base percentage was really good. We didn't whiff. Um, our, our, our power production was good, but you would think with just the physical maturation of a predominantly freshman and sophomore lineup that's now sophomores and juniors, if you continue to follow the same principles, don't expand the zone, and when a guy gets in the zone, you don't swing and miss, that just through sheer physicality, you would expect uh, just probably some power production to continue to just trend upward. That would make sense with our age. I'd like us to be able to continue to be as aggressive as possible on the bases without being haphazard. 
You know, we do have enough team speed. We are athletic enough to really push the tempo on the bases. You know, what, what Bobby Whalen did last year on the bases, we would like to continue to incorporate and, and have more guys that are capable of doing that. We should be able to run the bases and steal bags and, and as much as anything is create uh, to, to divert a pitcher's attention away from just the play. So whether it's a stolen base, whether it's the first to third, second to home, where we split a guy's attention and, and that's through the threat of running and, and, and creating tempo. So I would say that the natural progression as an offense as it matures would, would be an increase in power production. Just nothing, we, we haven't changed anything. Uh, you just get in the weight room, right? You, you gain 20 pounds of weight in the off season, you keep getting stronger. And then as guys get more and more comfortable uh, in this kind of the base stealing and, and running that we would like to continue to run as much as possible without forcing the issue and running into outs because we should have a depth of offense that we can uh, not have to, to, to force those things. We don't, we don't want to waste outs. And I would say lastly is we have more depth offensively where you, you add you know, Tyler Cerny and A.J. Shepard and uh, Devin Taylor and, and, and Joy Brinshuk. You add these guys to the mix now is you're, you're, adding, you're adding real offensive firepower in your depth to where what we'd like to be able to do if given the opportunity is to, to use matchup if you can, right? Now, sometimes you have guys that they're in there regardless, right? But you should be able to match guys up. We should be able to give guys days off. You know, Josh Pine played on you know one leg for the, the last third of the season last year. You know, can we get him out of there and get somebody else in there so you can keep those guys healthy? So hopefully through the depth of the, the roster, you guys healthy, but also put guys in the right situations and the right matchups. If you just know a guy can't do something, but, be, but you don't have a, a realistic alternative, then you, you're stuck with him doing that and not successfully. So get him out, get somebody else in. So hopefully we can do that. I would say kind of those main three bullet points are the next logical progression for the offense. Coach, in terms of depth, is there someone that could potentially be going under our radar that you see in practice could be a significant piece of y'all's team? Some of those young guys are really good. Some of those young guys are really good. Devin Taylor's a really good player. Tyler Cerny's a really good player. Um, you know, you look at kind of that, that outfield group, you know, Morgan coming, Morgan Cobb coming back off of a broken handmate. So you've got, you know, Hunter and, and, and Bobby Whalen and Carter Mass and Morgan Calfee. And those guys, there's, there's going to be somebody that was, you know, didn't play as much, whether the injury or beforehand or not, that's going to have an opportunity to really push. Um, and then those young guys are, are really, really talented. Those are top top 100 recruits in the country, right? So when you have those guys that are coming in and really pushing, it, it, a lot of it depends on opportunity and obviously injuries and how that all kind of works its way out. But yeah, there's a couple of guys in there that, uh, and, and it's a good thing, right? Where you, you've recruited well enough, you develop well enough to where you have competition um, and, and you look up. You could look up after a month, you know, Hunter Jesse, I, I use this story affectionately because I'm really proud of Hunter. Hunter wasn't, you know, obviously an option beginning of the year last year. It wasn't a primary option for us. In the last six weeks of the season, there, there wasn't a better hitter in the league. So um, when you have the depth of the, the depth on the team, you could have a couple of scouts. I'd say those three or four guys could make a run at it. And, but there's also a couple other guys in there, too, that, you know, are, are, are talented as well. So it, it's an exciting group to be with every day. When you have so many guys that were successful as freshmen, um, how have you challenged them to kind of not be satisfied or, or think that you know what they did their freshman year is always going to translate sophomore year. How have you challenged those guys to continue to improve? Uh, I think it, it, the reason that they have success in the first place is we have to remind everyone, right, all of us, 
that how we got there initially is how we're going to continue to get there. And so as we as we kind of go through our that kind of that second year of it's just a general reminder. Hey, we got here um, for a particular reason. Let's make sure we don't deviate from that. But the, 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 the really the best thing you can do for a player uh, with any really with anybody is to provide competition. And so to continue to recruit really good players, continue to coach all the players, so that if if somebody does feel and, and these guys don't, they're they're great. They're from great families. They don't they don't rest. They don't kind of take the foot off the gas. But if you ever did, you need to be able to look left and look right and legit, legitimately feel kind of the pressure of, you know, I'm still fighting for my job every day and I have to go out and compete. And I do legitimately look at every every position on the field is we have a guy that can go out there and play maybe opening day. And, and there's there's six or eight, nine guys on the bench that could go in there and push those guys every day, be as good or better. And, and the season will obviously tell how that goes. But I think competition continues to push everybody. And that's what, as a coach, you have to continue to do is, is to recruit and to develop, coach every player really hard to, to allow that competition to pull through. I, I think the, the character and the integrity of the kids is, is such that they're, you don't have to worry about it much, uh, but, it, but it, it's so human nature, right? So human nature to, to um, be, be confident and, and you got to make sure that you, you don't you know, uh, kind of slip into that uh, kind of that gray area. On a different note, you mentioned you were at the women's game last night. That's a two-part question. One is, how much fun was it to be there? And, and, and Coach Morn has mentioned kind of 24 sports, one true family. And I saw that last night. I, I saw Joey Mayer and William Gumbale from the soccer team. Your team was there. It was mentioned Trace, Jackson, Davis, and Jordan Geronimo were there. So seeing everybody support each other is from the different IU athletes. How great is that to see that? And then also with Coach Morin, how much do you look to her to try to build a program like she has? Yeah. So first, we had an awesome time. Uh, my, my son, Grady, absolutely loved it. My wife loved it. My wife played college sports. And so we've watched a lot of the women's basketball games and, and we've cheered. And we kind of talked about it last week. If we were going to go to a game before our season starts, this would be a really good one to go to. So we all wanted to go um, and, and we had a great time. Bedtime was coming up, so we had to leave at halftime, but we had the best time in the world. Um, I think it's really exciting and very telling. Like I always tell our guys, the people of Indiana, the athletic department at Indiana, they want so badly to cheer for Indiana sports teams. They want so badly to cheer for the women's basketball team or the wrestling team or the baseball team. If you'll play hard, if you play with passion, and you go out and be successful, the, the, the people will come in droves. They'll want to come. They want to cheer. They'll, they'll fill the crowd. They just want somebody to cheer for and, and that you're seeing that last night. And the same thing in the athletic department. Um, everybody in, in, the, in the department, they're, 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 they're so supportive, they're so kind, they want to help the way they can. And so you see all those people out there because the women's basketball team um, is an absolute power right now. They're a force. And so everyone's so excited and so proud, and we want to be supportive um, of them and encourage them the best way that we can. And, and actually, Coach Moore, when I was on my interview, when I was on my interview, she actually was the coach that I met with and so I got a chance to kind of behind the scenes to sit with her and talk and ask questions. And, and she gave me really, really good advice about program building. And, and any time that you're transitioning into a new program, there's a lot of new facets to learn. But one of the things that she, you know, kind of, uh, it was our philosophies mirrored each other, was talking about building a program and not just building a team every year, but to look into the future and to, and to build on the right people and the right personalities and the right fundamentals. And the aspects of looking at it over a long haul and how do you, how do you invest into those things initially to make sure that the long haul of the program is healthy? And I remember having that initial conversation in her office you know, four or five years ago now, 
Um, and and we, we really kind of hit it off in that conversation. I was very, very appreciative of her advice during those times. And, and it all kind of worked out where I ended up here. And she's done exactly what she said she was going to do, right? From have that conversation initially to where they are now. I mean, she followed the blueprint directly and, and they ended up right where they wanted to be at. So it does give you a lot of, um, uh, you know, you get excited thinking about it, knowing then um, what, what she was doing and seeing it now and, and then trying to copy in a lot of ways how you how you build a roster, how you manage a roster and, and make sure that you're, you're working your way into the health of the overall team. And we're all super excited for her and for the team and I hope they continue their success. I'm sure they will. Philip was mentioning uh, he was taking a lot of reps and they want to deal with Evan Goforth to see a guy that you see um, yeah. taking a lot of reps at the same day. Yeah, Evan's a terrific player. Evan could really play short for us this year. He's athletic enough. He has a good enough arm. Uh, he, he's rangy enough to do those things. Um, but but yeah, he'd be somewhere in the middle. Really, the the, the two of them and, and Tyler Cerny. You know, Tyler Cerny's you know top hundred guy, like a you know, six three, could really rangy, true shortstop tendencies, abilities. So those three guys there in the middle for those two spots, I would imagine. Uh, but but I would say you know, Evan will be in there consistently, and then I would say Tyler Cerny is in there consistently as well. You spoke about matchup, uh, matching guys up. Could some of this happen like during later in a, within a game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, when you start talking about left on left, if the numbers don't make sense, or even sometimes you'll see some guys like left on right for whatever reason, the the, the way a guy moves it doesn't doesn't not a good matchup. And so there's a couple guys that we have in my mind that that are. are Pretty, pretty significant candidates for those matchup things. And what I like too is we also have now the depth defensively to make sure that we're in the right spots at the right time. So yeah, so I would imagine that we will see, I don't wanna say significant movement within the course of a game, but there will be enough of it within the course of a game that it will hopefully make a difference statistically, um, kind of all both offensively and then defensively as well. And, and I would say this too, having Brock Tibbetts back healthy and him being able to catch also really helps that as well where you can have some flex in in the game, kind of like we did with Brock early last year. And, and then obviously we couldn't do that once he had the injury. But yeah, the, we'll, we'll try really hard to make sure that we match those guys up. Just We just have, a, you know, we've got two or three outfielders. Sam Yerson, there's not a better defensive outfielder in college baseball. And, and I don't care, you know, Zach Weatherford won the national gold glove. And so I've seen what it looks like. There's not a better defender than Sam Yerson. If he's not starting, he needs to be in the game at some point to do what he does better than anybody. And, and there's several different instances that we, we could use like that too. How, so two more. How great is it to, I saw that they finally passed the third assistant coach that are no longer volunteers. How, how happy are you to get finally gone through? Yeah, that's a big day for college baseball. Really just the, um, the, the overall place of college baseball. And, and you're just excited for, uh, the, and I know everyone's excited for the coaches they are, but I think the industry is excited for the players in many ways because you're, you're going to be able to see coaches settle in and stay at a place. And when a, and, and when a, when a player comes to a school and they come to a place like Indiana, obviously it's a great education, it's a great university, it's a great experience, but there's also a lot that they're coming to, to play for the coaches that they're committed to come and play for. That's a big part of this. And because of the way the volunteer coach has been in the past, uh, that, that, that position has been such a revolving door across college baseball. So you have guys, you have players that are coming in to play for certain guys. And they're involved in the recruiting process. If you're, if the volunteer coach is my outfit coach, my hitting coach, and it changes every two years, and that's just a lot harder on the athletes when they're not receiving the, the instruction, not receiving the care. And right now, you're recruiting from eighth grade to graduate transfers, like all at the same time. There's just only so many hours in the day, 
And so the, the, the athletes are the ones that get shortchanged when you're recruiting and doing things, and then your volunteer position is turning over so much. So this adjustment allows volunteers to hopefully be compensated or at least you know, insurance, something that allows them to, to, to be stable, uh, and then to provide the student athletes the experience that they signed up for when they originally came. I think on the inside of the industry, that's what we've talked about as kind of as coaching groups and the athletes being really excited about. They, those guys should be compensated, certainly, but at the same time, the, 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 the athletes will really benefit from this tremendously. Any thoughts on Scott Rowland in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, it, it's an awesome day. It's such an awesome, uh, I, I would say this, Scott's a very deserved player, most certainly. But I think it really was a testament to his uh, being a great teammate and, and being selfless and putting others before yourself. He is a great player, but there's so much more to him than just his on-field production. I think that's what you just you heard uh, loud and clear. Everyone that talked about him, everyone was talking to him, all the interviews, all the people, was just, it was just so much more than the player. And so one of the really good guys in the history of baseball was able to make it into the Hall of Fame because he's a great player, but just as importantly, he's a great person. He's incredibly well respected. So as a friend, I was just really, really happy for him. What was the response like when you heard the news? Were you with teammates or were you texting him or just what, what was sort of I was, honestly, we had just finished practice and I don't have my phone out there typically during practice, but as soon as we finished up, I pulled it up and I actually saw the Cardinals tweet, congratulations, like 29 seconds ago, um, you know, Congratulations to, to Scott Moore making all the things. So I didn't, uh, I knew he was going to be uh, super busy, so I waited until, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock that night and just said, you know, congratulations. And uh, and he takes him right back. And so um, I, I just, he's got a million things going on and he needs to go do those things. But I just, you know, as a friend, I just was so happy for him. I one time, congratulations. Um, you know, I, it was really cool seeing the video of him telling his parents. I think that was what, what, what just, really stuck it was struck me emotionally is um, we forget you know they're they're on they're on national television there's big you know strong you know men and women that are these incredible athletes but they're still they're still playing the game that their mom and dad took them to t-ball at one point and in their mom and dad's eyes they're they're still that you know nine-year-old kid out there playing and and it, it just brings you back to you know when, when your mom and dad took you to play ball or for our kids when they're just it was a really cool moment to watch Scott have that with his mom and dad, and, and one that, you know, what is it, 1% of, of people that ever played baseball get to share that moment. So, really cool. That concludes this preseason media availability edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. See you at the BART.